catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. Appreciate everybody that's tuning in on Carbon TV to watch this and tuning in on Apple iTunes to listen. Really appreciate your support. Um, myself, Tim Mazaran, along with co-host uh, and main host, Dave Thomas. And uh, tonight we are joined by Josh from Triple Point. Josh, um, it is great to talk to you. I know we had some some little bit of conversation here before we started getting yeah. rolling here. Um, but I'm really interested to hear about Triple Point, how you guys got started. You guys got some amazing looking products out there. <laughs> Thank you. And I, w- I want to talk about your company and kind of how you came up with it and, and, and what the genesis of this was first. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, again, my name is Josh Miller. Um, we kicked off Triple Point about a year and a half ago. Um, and it, it, come, it stems from a, a love of bow hunting. And I just want to start by saying that, you know, everything we're doing every day is literally out of a sheer love of the, the archery sport and industry. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun. And of course, there's trials and there's engineering challenges and um, all sorts of logistical things that we have to work with. But uh, absolutely was born from a love of bow hunting. Love it, man. And so you've been bow hunting your whole life or how did you get started? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, it's funny. I, I'm going to post a picture of my son uh, probably in a day or two, but he's holding, he's in our, in our kitchen, right? And my dad, he, he was a, he's a diesel mechanic and a uh, great mechanic, super smart guy when it comes to auto tech and things like that. But he's a farmer too. And grew up on the farm in Kilbuck, Ohio. And again, I want to say, you know, I'm from Kilbuck. So the name, Kilbuck. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. The name <laughs> fits, man. I, yeah. It's, it's straight out of Kilbuck, you know, it's very, it's uh it's pretty awesome, but I'll tell you, I, I, I didn't take up the sport initially until I was pro- I probably developed a, an interest in it, probably middle school, late middle school. Um, my dad was a farmer. Like I said, dad didn't have a lot of time and we had, you know, grew up on a farm, uh, Kilbuck, Ohio, my grandfather, both grandpas had a couple hundred acre farms apiece, And, uh, I grew up running the hills and running the creeks and, you know, playing with sticks as guns and things like that. And then I developed an interest in hunting. I would say probably freshman year of high school, didn't have a bow, didn't know how to shoot a bow, didn't have a crossbow. My dad bought this, uh, Barnett's real early Barnett, real low power, super, it looked super cool to me at the time. And I thought, man, this is this is awesome. I want to kind of get into this. And so I, I researched some things and what I did is, and this is something that I'm a, I'm a former teacher. I taught uh, science, STEM and engineering robotics for 20 years here at Loudonville high school in Ohio. And uh, on the back burner for the past 14 years, I've been designing the Clovis broadheads and uh, didn't really release much to anybody. Didn't talk about it too much. Just kind of went about my own business in the evening, working on it till, you know, one, two in the morning. Uh, But the love of hunting started early. I remember my son has this crossbow in his hand and I'll, I'll get the picture posted tomorrow or so, but it's a, a little barnet and I had one bolt. I had no idea what I was doing. I had one bolt. I had a broadhead I bought and it was probably a, a muzzy. It was a great broadhead, uh, screwed it on. And I, I went out and I actually hunted. I had no tree stand. So in Kilbuck, Ohio, it's the edge of the glaciation, you know, the last glacial period that came down from Canada. And we have glacial erratics. I'm talking stones the size of our farmhouse all over scattered around the farm. Wow. 
And so I, I made this uh, homemade kind of tree stand deal up on top of a rock. It was a rock perched up on a rock. And I would sit there and hunt. And the first couple of days, I, I had no idea what rut was. I didn't know anything about, you know, time of year other than I knew it was bow season. And so we, we went out and it was, it was our own land. So as a landowner, I went up there and I kept hunting and I didn't see much the first couple of days. And about November 3rd, I was, I remember sitting there and I always remember this. Uh, there's a stone inscription. There's a, there's a chisel inscription on the, the stone behind where I sat and it said 1855 and it has someone's name on it. And I, I have the name. I can't remember who it is, but uh, I don't even know the person. So somebody. <laughs> no, somebody else. That's where we're <laughs> going with this. And maybe Cletus, I don't know. But, so I'm sitting up on this rock, and uh, and we down over the hill. I, 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 it's a, it's a haunting memory to today. And I, I admit, like every memorable hunt, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Every memorable hunt I have ever been on as a, as a bow hunter, I can replay like a reel in my mind what happened, good or bad, you know, good or bad. And I had an absolute monster. And of course, you know, we're not central Ohio. So we have some big deer around here from the, the corn and protein and things like that. And uh, he, he had, he had so much mass guys that it was webbed in between the tines. I'm sure you've seen some of these at some no point, way. Uh, the mass not was... in Michigan, but yeah, I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah. And so, so he jumped a fence chasing a hot doe and she, she went down right in front of this rock and he probably stopped, I would say 30 yards away. Again, I had no range finder. I didn't have markers out. I didn't have cameras. I, I still don't have cameras out, honestly, because it's just a situation where, you know, the biggest buck I ever shot was uh, two years ago and I had no camera out. And it was the most fun experience of my life. Not saying that I'm against cameras. I think that's pretty awesome to be able to see what kind of animals are. It's just some great game camera picks, but I just didn't have them out. And so I'm, I'm sitting there as a kid and this thing's standing 30 yards in front of me broadside. And I, I didn't know how to stop it. Luckily, he just stopped and looked at me and uh, the doe took off and he looked at me and I think I made a noise and I let that bolt go. And I literally it had it didn't have the power. It didn't have speed. You know, the feet per second was I don't know what it was, maybe 190. I don't even know what it was, but the arrow I watched arc and it hit probably 10 yards in front of that buck and he ran down the hill out of my life forever but he, that deer was so big he was actually making rubs on an electric pole in our field and that's oh, a wow. big that's a big <laughs> diameter pole that's I, a big buck yeah. i never heard anybody you know i never heard anybody killing that buck but it haunts my memory till today i have dreams <laughs> that, that big deer so that, the failures that, always do the failures yeah always yeah do. but i'll tell you i i was <sighs> i was hooked for life and uh you know, as far as bow hunting goes, what I began doing is getting my homework done in school. And I remember every Friday I would try to treat myself and reward myself. And I would go to the library and just read bow hunting magazines. And I always dreamed, I dreamed of coming up with some sort of really cool product for bow hunting one of these days. And, and uh, that was kind of where my love started. And then I awesome, pursued, pursued a degree in engineering from there. That's cool. That is cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's been so, fun. Talk to us about Triple Point Outdoors product wise your your broadheads okay right just to just to sum yeah. it up we're talking about broadhead category yes sir um walk us through your product lineup well i'll tell you you know this the evolution of the clovis started a long time ago um i was again 14 years ago i had been teaching one night and you know i had a family a young family it was hard to balance trying to get out and hunt you guys know how it is you have a family and you know wife uh, kids and you're trying to get some time here and there squeak out to get in a tree stand and it's hard to do that so I'm going home and uh, on the way home is the Mohican State Park here in uh, central Ohio it's 4,000 acres and the state forest you can hunt on pretty much anywhere there's some boundaries that you can't but I had some real great places I could get to pretty fast in my climber stand so I'm up in my climber stand and and I happen to I, I like mechanical broadheads because they fly real well and I, I pull one on my quiver and uh the blades deployed and I'm sitting there trying to fix them and trying to correct what was going on. And, you know, just, it was so annoying. And I'm like, you know, this is a mental struggle for me because the last thing I'm going to do before I let go and hit that release and that arrow is worry about something happening. I said, there's gotta be a way to keep these things perfectly retained yet not on impact. And that was the point 
where rare earth materials started to come inserting into engineering quite a bit, these neodymium magnets and rare earth magnets that are very small, but very strong. And I thought, is there a way with stainless steel blades, because they're magnetic, to lock them on, but yet on impact, blow open? Because that's, to me, that'd be the perfect broadhead mechanically, to not have a retainer system that's mechanical. And, and one thing that I've seen happen over the years is, instead of going back to making things more simple for the bow hunter, I believe that a lot of, a lot of times we make things more complex and that happens with technology as well. I just talked to you guys earlier about um, some of these, these programs on the computers where we can talk back and forth. They're nice and they're, they're efficient when used properly, but the problem is there's so many settings and there's so much mechanically going on with some things. It's almost overdone. I think at this point and, and being an engineer, I like the mantra of keep it simple, stupid. I, I call myself that because I think the kiss method, keep it simple, yeah make it simple and i think what's happened is with especially mechanical broadheads they've gotten overly complex and so i went back and said what does a bow hunter want this thing to do and that's what i built the clovis around that's awesome i think um, <clears throat> i was thinking about your heads i i don't have them here unfortunately i'm disappointed I, there must I've, be it in my house but <laughs> i've got some was, of them here but i remember uh you know shooting it uh, a couple months ago and we did some tiktok videos on it and yes, um i remember when they closed that they pulled like it like it pulled itself in almost a little bit yes sir and that's amazing like that's not even um it's hard to explain it i guess to a, a person who's not seen it and you could show it's, it you know and you get yes. a second there yeah I'll but tell it, you. It, it sucks itself in almost and I, i've shot some heads recently that um i still can't get to close so i want to yeah, be clear on that try to jiggle it around I, i'm scared to cut right my finger spot. and i still have yeah. not been yeah. able to close them and i'm not gonna name names but i'm just gonna no, no, say no, yeah yeah this well, isn't is something that uh, with yours that's not a problem. Like that's not going to happen. So. Yes, and I, I I'll be honest. I had some challenges. I had some challenges getting this out to the public and describing to them the engineering that I knew was going to happen that they didn't like to see because they're kind of going. You know, they're going. Well, wait a minute. What if you know? What if these blades don't open because they're on a magnet? And I said, well, you know, it takes three pounds of force to blow them open. You're going to have plenty of force, believe me. As a matter of fact, they almost instantaneously blow open when they make contact. I said, but it, it, as far as retention, the retention is very strong. Um, it takes one pound. It's actually one pound. If you look at the, the clothes itself, I'll show you here. On the wing blades, it takes three pounds because it's a lever. So by the time you get out here, it takes three pounds on impact to open, right? But the mag on the back of the blade, so on this side, it takes one, it's one pound of force holding it in. So because you have that kind of lever effect, uh, with the way I designed it, there's always more weight on the cutting side than on the wing blade side. And what happens is, and this is a huge change with the Clovis, and this is why a lot of these high-speed crossbow companies really like the design. This Clovis can be shot out of any bow, any poundage, any person, any archer, um, any draw weight, any foot per second speed from zero to 500 plus feet per second, and it loves it. Matter of fact, wow. the more the more speed, the better it is because Tim's getting real interested fast. I can see his <laughs> crossbows. Uh, <laughs> it loves crossbows, but I'll tell you that the the faster it is, and what happens? I, there's always more weight on this cutting blade side than the wing blade side, and so naturally, if you look at like a moment when that thing is accelerated forward, a lot of broadheads have too much weight on this side, and those blades flexure, so they flex, so they kind of flick open and try to open. Uh. Our Clovis stays nice and shut against a magnet, and what happens is you get literal absolute better than field point precision from zero to 100 plus yards it can never open wow. unless it's on impact and if you try these on an air you guys probably tried it if you tried putting on an air and tried to shake it and open them they won't open yeah oh yeah, no they, it's you, you can shake it as hard as you want they're not going to open I, I have this a video is going to be our this is tim's son tim and tim's son when we go to hunt camp he's our 60 yard <laughs> tester yeah so he will be shooting this head this year to test at 60 yards but he is the guy who we like hey you know aiden shoot this shot you know he, we gave him like right. five different heads in a row to shoot at 60 yards and he was sure. smoking it which was impressive but i will say 
that, you know, not all the heads hit where he was exactly putting it. So that's sure. why I am curious to see yeah. if well, this does that fix at 60 yards, being able to keep tight to the absolutely. body. Absolutely. You know? I, I, I can tell you with 100% certainty in this point, we've, had, we've done so much testing, it's not funny, but I'll have all kinds of guys coming back now and they're telling me, they're like, Josh, this head flies better than my field point. And I say, well, yeah, there's, wow. a, couple re- there's a couple of reasons why. And I won't get too far in the engineering principles, but one big reason is the, the rear flare. And people don't look real close at it, but there's a little flare in the back of the rear ferrule. And that flare was actually um, designed, I, I designed off the Ashby principles. I don't know if you can see it real, real close, but I'll hold it up there. There's a flare in the back of the ferrule. And that flare is 10% wider than like a five millimeter arrow, okay? And that flare opens up tissue or a target just a little bit bigger than the arrow shaft. And so it doesn't drag on the shaft all the way down the flush. So you get about 30%, you get about 30% better penetration uh, through that rear flare. And then another weird thing about it is the reason why it's so precise is the blades lock on the magnet. So there's no movement. The blades don't flexure at all. all. They can't, no, they can't move. They can't rattle. A lot of heads you'll get, you'll shoot a mechanical head. The blades are rattling and an O-ring in there a little bit back and forth. They can't move at all. And then the other thing is I designed it using the Bernoulli principle. So if you ever see like a, a beach ball above a fan, it saves self-centered. It can't, if you poke it left or right, it doesn't move. It saves in the center. I, re- I reversed that principle and I used it instead of, instead of the air moving across a beach ball, I'm using the ferrule moving through the air. And so as the air flows across the back of the ferrule, it literally helps self-center the broadhead yeah. through the okay. air. If that, that makes, makes sense. sense. It makes sense. Never would have thought of that. Um, <laughs> well, you're not an engineer. <laughs> well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'm, I'm just a super nerd. I'm a super nerd. I, like, I, I didn't want to say I, it. I didn't want to say it, but I love that about you. I, I appreciate that. that. And appreciate I, I'm kind of, well, people call me like kind of a master of all trades, but, but uh, I guess, I guess a, a jack of all trades and a master of none is what I'll say. I am, I am the first person that wants to learn. And so, you know, going to Africa next week, I, I'll tell you, I was flipped out about shot placement, you know, this big safari trip we have coming up and, and we've, we've already pretty much taken out all the animals we would ever need to over there to prove the durability and the, the efficiency of the heads. We've already done it. I just get to finally go do it myself next week, next two weeks. And uh, I was looking at shot placement. And so I told my guys in Africa, we have, we have an Af- a triple point South Africa division and they sell our broadheads over in South Africa and they kind of exploded over there. And I said, you know, when I go to South Africa, I'm now the student and those guys are coming over here and they're going to get the whitetail hunt with me next fall. And so I'll teach them how to hunt whitetail here in Ohio. Cause they, they have Can no you idea. teach us as well. i'm sure you guys could teach me a lot of things but i i just want to you know let everyone know that as (laughs) as a person that you know has a background in engineering and stem robotics and coding i am always the first person that says there's a lot more i can learn so i just want to throw that out there everybody no i love that and I, i love the fact that you are truly trying to solve a problem that exists in mechanical broadheads because like you said there there's a lot of technology there's a lot of you know things get complicated as time goes on but they don't necessarily truly solve a problem correct and i don't know how many times we've been on podcasts where we're talking about you know what we use and what we like um i'm always you know in, in in and i'm the type of guy i'm exactly like you Keep it simple. I can tell. Right? Yeah. And, and I, I carry that into my hunting technique. There's it's too much to worry about. It's not about overcomplicating hunting. It's about keeping it simple. Right. Because I'm going to mess something up. There's yeah. there's an element of human error there. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to introduce is an element that I can't control. You can't. Right? Ver- yes. And you're and, so right. And so what yeah. I've always, what I've always gravitated to because of that is the mechanical, because I know that it's not going to right. open, right? Yep. So I love that this is solving that exact problem that I've always had in mechanicals, 
where you could have a hundred times, thousand times it works perfectly, but that right. one time it doesn't, it's going to work real bad. It's going to be the one time that I'm shooting it. Well, well right? and, it, and, and, yeah. and I just, yeah. I refuse to let that happen. So I love this. I actually, I actually think that this is might be my go-to broadhead. I have a question. I have a question. I appreciate that. I actually have two questions, but first one is speaking of crossbow specifically. Okay. Tim brings up a good point. Now, what you showed us in that last concept with the flare is that it fits a normal arrow, but what happens with a crossbow bolt that's wider? A cross, well, the, the rear flare, when you put it on a crossbow bolt, what happens is it matches, it actually like sits parallel with the, the okay, bolt. So, so it'll actually match that it, one. Yeah, it's flush with the bolt. Okay. And so what we have is, I'll, I'll show you. So this is a, I don't know if I sent these with you, but this is a 100 grain Clovis, right? Okay, yeah. so it's a regular 100 grain mechanical Clovis. But what I have are these weight rings that you can put on the back, and these are 25 grains. Now it becomes a 125 right away. Oh. And that's what I'm yeah. shooting in Africa. Now, the 125 mechanical uh, can also be converted in, in seconds to a 125 vented fixed if you want to. And so we wow. are able to convert the mechanical to a vented fixed if you want. And I'll be shooting some of this vented fixed in Africa as well. And you can convert it back to mechanical in seconds by taking those off and throwing mechanical blades back on if you'd like to. That's and then, pretty cool. And then we have the 150, which is our solid blade, uh, 150 wow. grain carnivora. And if you put the weight ring on the back of the 150, you'll see what I'm shooting the Cape Buffalo with, which is 175 grain fixed blade carnivora. Wow. How much how much weight will you be pushing on your bow for that? To do? Uh, well, okay. So I, I want to explain a couple of things to you. I'm shooting a lot of bows over there. Um, I've had been fortunate enough to have Bowtech just today. If you look in the background here, I've got a the new Bowtech uh, Revolt, 80-pound limb Revolt on the right. I've got a bear redemption uh, EKO on the left. Those are both brand new bows that were set up specifically for me to hunt with. And then over in Africa, we're going to be using a Raven, a brand new Raven R500 as well to get that 500, nice. 500 feet per second data put in. Uh, so we appreciate that. But I, I just bought a new 10 point flatline 460. I love that. And so all these bow companies have been kind of uh, watching what I've been doing the past year, I would say. And they've been very interested in what the Clovis performs like and what it does. And I also appreciate that. And, and so recently they've been putting some bows in my hand saying, Hey, let's see that out of this bow. Let's see that out of that bow. And now, now I get the opportunity to go to Africa and take a Cape Buffalo with the brand new Bowtech and take a lot of other animals with the fat, the, the little bit lower poundage, 70 pound redemption. Uh, and that redemption was actually gifted to me by a, a um, pro shop called the outdoor pro shop. And so people have been stepping up and saying, hey, Josh, why don't you try this bow and try that bow? And so I've been blessed. I want to tell people thank you because these sponsors do not have to send me this equipment to shoot with. I've been very fortunate to have them want to shoot the, the broadhead with them. That's awesome. awesome. All right. So let's get to these hard questions now. So absolutely. I'm going to skip the fixed blade for now. We'll come back to that one because I do have a lot of questions on that one. But yes, let's sir. move to the turkey head. So <laughs> all right, this one. I, I am actually going on a turkey hunt coming up. So sure. I have this Apex Outdoors, um, uh, you know, rewards program. I've joined this Apex thing, which sponsors the show. So thank you, Apex, for doing that. But Apex is sponsoring Absolutely. as part of that. I wanted to do the actual competition. I'm like, let me jump in on this. I want to do the challenge. Sure. I want to try to kill a turkey, right? But I haven't yeah. chose which broadhead I'm using. So okay, sell me on why I should use your head for this comp- This this right. thing you know what well, i mean like why yeah, use that head and risk it because if i don't get this turkey i don't get the points absolutely. i gotta kill it and i gotta get it so let me uh let me explain a little bit about our turkey foot and so the turkey foot came up later because what i did is if you look at our tips i don't know if you're familiar with how our tip design is but our tip design is quite different our tips and our cutting blades are all single bevel for mechanical and people said to me at first josh you can't make a single bevel mechanical now there are several on the market i think there might be three of us now there are single bevel mechanicals 
And the reason why I go single bevel is literally the helical rotation. It destroys tissue. The amount of surface area you're cutting, most of our game animals going down in 40 yards and under. And what I ran into before is when you have, you know, some of these are mechanical broadheads, you have so much force to deploy the blades like so. It takes three pounds, but other broadheads take so much energy. When that arrow is shot, it only has a certain amount of kinetic energy going forward, right? Whatever the bow gives it, it has. And that's all you have to work with as an engineer. And so what I thought is I kept losing some deer due to lack of penetration. I was getting very poor penetration through some animals and deer that I was shooting. And I'm like, I'm hitting them in a good spot. What's going on with the, the shot placement's good? Why am I not get, retrieve my animal? And what I found out was when I looked into it, this energy is being stolen trying to open the blades. And so it's, it's kind of like this. If you, you know, if you, if you are trying to get your car to go forward if you have 15 people in it versus two what's going to happen better two obviously acceleration if you look at newton's second law is a lot faster and so what i thought is i can design this broadhead to have um only three pounds of force to blow open but yet have enough force to hold it in securely during the flight we're going to get to some the point where we want to get to there and so then i i started looking at tips and if you look at this original tip super sharp on the end single bevel super sharp but only one side is sharpened that backside's flat and people said, why? And I said, well, there's two reasons. One, when you single bevel sharpen something, when you double bevel it, the, sh the edge gets sharp, but it gets thin. You start losing right. metal. And the single bevel keeps the edges very sharp. Our leading tip is super strong. I'm talking going to a concrete block and not bending or curling. And wow. then what you, what you have is it actually kind of cores the animal. As it rotates going through, that tip is kind of pushing open a hole as it spins and coring through. And then our helicut does it a lot more because our helicut is actually a true single bevel sharpened on both opposing sides. And so you oh. get, Oh, I see. Yeah. See yep, that? Yep. So what you yeah. get is you, you get the impact, the tip starts turning it before the cutting blades turn it. And so you get even more rotation through the animal. Now trade-off is you better have what you want to have is a fast bow with a helicut. It'll shoot great out of any bow, but if you shoot it out of a say 250 feet per second plus, you're going to get plenty of speed to cut all the way through and spin more than 90 degrees through the animal as it goes through. And then I thought, well, here's a problem. We'll get to your turkey foot here. This turkey foot tip is designed with retentive catches. And so the problem is with turkeys, I just had a guy tell me this about guinea fowl in Africa. He's like, hey, Josh, I keep shooting guinea fowl, but they'll run like 100 yards before I get them. They, they, don't, they don't fall down. And I said, well, let's shoot them with a turkey foot because the turkey foot tip is designed to rip and tear as it like an apple core if you think about these sharp tips on the side as it hits it doesn't start turning right away it starts penetrating okay with the tip but as it begins cutting the cutting blades open like so it's going to start spinning and as it spins like an apple core it's going to hit like a mac truck into that turkey and blow the thing up oh. and so the, the, the idea is to retent to have retentive catches to not hit but not cut clear through so fast not, yeah hit yeah the, i mean you're trying to in a way slow it down a little impact bit. absolutely yeah. and and Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Down Wind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup. Better battery life. 
faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at ApexOutdoorRewards.com. One issue, one issue I found out is, and I ran into this with some designs, there are a lot of different turkey heads out there. And what, one problem is the retentive catches are almost too big and they don't have enough energy to go through. So they'll hit, but they, then they don't yeah. penetrate. So there's like that moderate amount of like speed penetration versus retention you want. And I found that with our turkey head, it does a perfect job because it's all on the tip. It's not back here or out here or too wide. It cuts and goes through, but it spins as it goes through and it hits really hard. Well, I had to yeah. imagine too, because the, the turkey feathers, I, you know, from shooting turkey turkey feathers are a problem right they're a good yeah. barrier for for penetration it's you hard know? yeah if you're if you're shooting a fixed blade or or something super wide with a lot of surface area you yeah. know those feathers are going to slow it down a lot and what i like about that is that that on impact you're you're not talking about a big area where you have to worry about that it's gonna right. once you get through that feather layer hit slow down open and then do its job yeah, absolutely so i think that's a great design for well, sure. one, one thing we had this past summer in July, uh, when we were putting this thing through the real test, we actually went down to Southern Ohio. Okay. And we ended up, we hunt my wife and I, she had the tripod. It was a, it was a family thing guys. It was, I had no other guys help me at that point. Uh, I, my wife and I had, she had a tripod. I had the, the bow, we had the Raven R10. Uh, we had a, a hundred and 125 grain Clovis in the front. And I, I use the original tip, right? And in Southern Ohio, we hunted a Merino Ram and we also hunted a super, uh, boar as a 350 pound Russian cross boar, big cross boar, two inch gristle plate, shoulder blades, hard to get through. And when I first contacted the outfitter, he said, there's no way I'm going to let you use a mechanical. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. This is different. Let, let me go through the engineering on this. And the guy was, you know, he was a pretty orthodox bow hunter. He didn't like mechanicals. He, a lot of guys don't like mechanicals. I respect that. You know, if a guy's a traditional hunter, we have trad hunters. We have trad hunters that love the fixed blade, but we also have trad hunters that are going out there and they're shooting the mechanical out of a trad bow because they know that it's going to get the penetration that they need because it only takes three pounds to blow open. And so I told him, I said, I said, let me try it. And so I shot the, uh, the Russian boar with the, the Clovis and it blew through both shoulders like butter. He went 20 yards and piled up. And then we shot the Merino Ram and the guy said, well, this, this broadhead is going to get caught in the wool. It'll never open. And I said, let me try. It's going to work. I promise you. And of course we shot the Ram in one shot at 30 yards and he buckled and went down in one shot. Clovis went right through great pass through, went down to a Creek bed. And, uh, my wife and I got it on the film and I, I ran down the creek bed because we had some lighted knocks on the bolt, right? And I'm trying to find the bolt, and we're all looking for the bolt, and the outfitter's looking for the bolt. And here it's stuck in the creek bed, and I wanted to see what the broadhead looked like. So I pulled it out of the creek bed and washed it off in the water. I closed the blaze back on, and she was good to go again. So, wow. That's awesome. You know, we've had – we've cool. had I mean, in Africa, we've had – just last week, we had a guy uh, put one straight through a blue wildebeest, clear pass, straight pass through, 100 wow. yards and died. Um, shot a golden wildebeest with it. We've shot kudu with it, with a mechanical, and put them down. Um, pretty much anything, you know, I, I, there's, there's been some debate with Cape Buffalo because sometimes it's legal and sometimes it's not. It depends on where you're hunting, right? So sometimes you have to shoot a fixed blade through a Cape Buffalo. And there are some places where you're allowed to shoot them with mechanical. And so there is an opportunity coming up um, in about a month. One of our, our hunters on staff is going to actually shoot a Cape Buffalo with an 84-pound Bowtech Revolt in a mechanical broadhead. And what he said to me is, Josh, it's going to make a pass-through because the ribs are close together, but that mechanical broadhead might perform better than a fixed blade because the fixed blades won't drag on the, the ribs going through. The mechanical will get through, then open, 
at first and then push through and be able to collapse and open back up going through tissue. And the reason why is you have this, you know, the Clovis itself, if you look at the wing blades, they can pivot around bones. So if it blows open on contact, say it hits a bone coming out or going in, the right side can fold in, but they're not locked together. They're just slave. The left side goes out harder. And as soon as it goes past the bone on the right, they blow back open again and keep cutting. And we've seen that with our data when it comes to organ dissection, looking at the, the cut on the Clovis, it pivots around bone, no problem, but they don't, they don't have to be locked together. They're just slaved together. That's awesome. That's so unbelievable how fast that happens in the actual It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I, it's one, like, you know, well, it's like that's, flipping yeah, back and forth. It's so fast that it just opens and closes, but it always that's opens crazy. back up. And, and what you have is that, that forward motion. Cause again, going out the exit cut, then you have the exit, the entry cut, the exit cut, and then all the tissue cut going through. And we've been very careful with like, uh, when we harvest some game, you know, we're field dressing them. We'll take the organs out and we'll look at the cuts and we'll get medians. Yeah. And so that's, that's one thing that I'm also sensitive to as well to you know, not post too gory of things online, but the thing is when you're dealing with bow hunting, people need to see that your product's effective in doing its job. Oh, for sure. So yeah. let's, let's move on to fix real quick. So this is a, a category where in your case, in this type of fixed broadhead, you have some blades that are full, no aerodynamic inside the blade, no yes, holes. Sir. So explain to us how that works from an engineering standpoint. Like why does yours fly true at let's say 60 yards compared to like another one or, or, you know, compared to the mechanical, I guess. Right. Right. I guess the, the biggest reason why you're going to see that, that flight, and that's a big change. And it's, it's a difference in the, the clothes versus the leather broadheads because fixed blades, we know wind plane, they tend to drift a little bit. They, they aren't quite as accurate as mechanicals in every situation. And so what I attribute it to, if you go back, there's two things. One is the blades. If you look at our, our fix and I'll hold this up and show you. So our fixed blades, the blades themselves and the leading tip are made of hardened 420 stainless steel, okay? That's about a 52 Rockwell, so it's really hard, but it's not brittle. And what happens is the blades will overlap in the ferrule, as I think you maybe noticed when you got some of these and you shot them. So what you end up with is a ferrule literally full of stainless steel. It's about 78,000 thick in the ferrule, but yet the blades are only 39. So you still have that sharp cut going on the outside. And what happens is because it's locked down, you get that rear ferrule again doing its job and self-centering the broadhead through the air. And they're literally as accurate as my mechanical broadheads. They are they hit the same spot as, as the mechanical. I happen to be a fan of the mechanical. I would say... Of both types, I happen to like mechanical more just because it's kind of a cool thing with a magnet in there, moving open and closing. But I love the fixed blades as well. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, they look so. How many do you have now? The fix, just one, or is there three different models? Well, here? well, or we have. Yeah, variation? we have. We have. There, there's actually two different models, and then the weight ring on the back makes it three. So you've got your. Mm -hmm. uh, you see the top picture there. You have that vented carnivora, which is this one here. Your vented, and then the one below that is your solid fixed blade carnivora, which is. The one on the bottom of your picture, which looks like that with the solid blades. And then you add that weight ring in the back and that's bumping up to 175 now. And that's, you know, 175. I mean, I'm going to be shooting the Cape Buffalo guys with 150. So your bottom left broadhead there, I'm going to put 150 grain through a Cape Buffalo. I could throw it up to 175 or bump it up to 200. But once you get into these, you know, high speed bows of today's age, you're not going to have to worry too much about pumping a 700 grain arrow at 280 feet per second with a razor sharp 150 grain broadhead through a Cape Buffalo. That's awesome. That's pretty cool, man. Let's talk about, um, so, I mean, obviously it's, it, it sounds like the product is awesome. Obviously we have our own testing to do in the field. Of course, sure. I'd love to see it in action myself on a deer or turkey or whatever. Absolutely. But um, let's talk about the harder part of this, right? So you have this brand, you create a brand, you're trying to create this image around it. You're trying to get some people to kind of recognize what's happening that it can handle these things, different right. companies in the industry. But my, my main question is, 
engineering and marketing are way two different, way different things. So yeah. what's your thoughts on this? Like, how are you handling the business part of this and the sales and the marketing? Is it, is it, is it just you or you, you know what I mean? Like, how are you doing all this? Cause there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. We, uh, I, and to be honest with you, I'll tell you where it comes from. My, my wife, it's a family business. Um, you know, we're starting to scale because we have to scale, but this started out with a, as a family business. My wife and I started it, you know, I designed it. My wife actually helps with social media quite a bit. Um, we both are, have teaching backgrounds. So, so the reason why I think we're able to do what we're doing now is, as a team, as a family and our family's involved, her mom and dad, my mom and dad, our kids help out here and there. Um, we have friends that want to, you know, come over and hang out and help build broadheads with us. But the biggest thing is our backgrounds. You know, we have, uh, I started a, a, a program called Vex Robotics. I don't know if you're familiar, but Vex Robotics gets kids building competitive robots from parts and metal and motors and sensors and coding at the high school level. And it's for, you know, STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. Mm -hmm. And so, so getting started into that with our team, we had to have social media platforms. We had a Facebook page. We, you know, I did all the social media and made reels. And so it was a natural progression to go to triple point and kind of roll over that when we started it with our backgrounds in teaching and social media. So it's not the business perspective, you know, in the business end, I mean, my background's engineering. So I, I work for quite a few companies like Ariel, Mount Vernon, that, Ohio, that makes natural gas compressors. Um, and of course, that's the business side of this. And so, you know, there's there's a background in that as well that I had to kind of bring back up and, and you know, catch up on and, and learn how to get these to companies and, and work with, you know, presidents of companies and people that own companies and be able to kind of convey what about the Clovis is different to people that may not understand it or just wonder about it. You know, what, what is this thing? Why should I, why should I invest in this? Why should I have a bow shoot this? Why should I be interested in this broadhead? So I, that's a big thing that I've had to do, like talking to you guys tonight. How do I convey the knowledge of what this thing does to people? Well, and, you did that very well. Let me just tell you. Um, I appreciate oh, yeah. somebody I that, the that, And I haven't seen it in person because I just don't get over to the studio that much. And sure. uh, but Dave was telling me about this a little while ago. And uh, I mean, it, it is, like I said before, you're actually solving the problem that I had, which I find impressive because I have for many, many years wanted to do mechanical, always hesitated for the same reasons. Sure. And you yeah. just solved that problem for me. So well, I, that's awesome. Um, okay. are, are you, are you guys direct to consumer only right now? We are currently direct to consumer only via our website, uh, Uh We're doing that for one reason. It allows me to keep tracking our, our inventory. It allows us to keep quality in house and keep consistency with our products um, and not have it pass through too many hands. Because I think what happens is right now, anyway, when you have it going through too many hands, the story gets untold. The, right. the, the engineering gets untold. The, the things that it does maybe are understood as well. And so when people call triple point up, you can, you can guess who answers the, the phone. I, I'm answering the phone. And I love that because I, you know, people I've, I have guys all over, the, all over the world now and they're calling me up and they're asking about Clovis. I just had a guy in South Africa. He just bought a, uh, a nightlight for his bow to hunt hogs. Uh, I think bush hogs or something over there. And he's like, send me videos of his, his light and his bow. And like, so this has now become almost a, a camaraderie of bow hunters, not just triple point. It's bigger than triple point guys. And I, I just want to convey that to you because yeah, I love the broadhead, but you know what? I love bow hunting more. And and the fact that we all love that, that that's what it's about. And, yeah, of course, and that's why we do what we do. Um, you know, we try to bring the community together. It's not, sure. you know, we're, we, we do, we do our, do our thing, but we do it from the perspective of, we need to build the community and that's absolutely why we love having people like you absolutely. on and products because uh, that's what makes us, that's what makes us, man. It really does. It, yeah. It's the people that are involved. So, well, and, and the question that, well, I think the other big thing, as far as a platform, I think we can all look at that and understand this. And that is how do we convey bow hunting 
to the non-bow hunter. Right. How do we bridge that gap, which all of us in the industry understand is a big gap and the gap's widening. So how do we be the change? As Fred Bear said, how do we respect people's values and the fact that maybe they're not a hunter? Maybe they don't eat game meats, okay? And they don't see the... the no, but stuff. they sure do want it when you got some. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you I'll bet you they'd like my deer sticks with cheese in them. If they had one of those, it'd be hopeful. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how many times people are hitting me up for, for, for deer jerky this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Here I'll tell you what. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ship you guys some rings of trail bologna, and you're going to lose your minds. Oh, no. That sounds <laughs> that, delicious. That is some trail bologna. It's so good. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Is it, what, 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 so what is it? Like a summer sausage? or yeah, like? So, so I have a game processor here in Ohio. Uh, he's an Amish guy. Super clean facility. Super nice facility. Uh, but he's been doing it for 30 years. And he processes all my game for me. But he makes ring bologna and also summer sausage. Like makes- actual bologna. Oh, it's like ring bologna, like you buy in the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ring- no, I, but, I but, strangely enough, had a bologna sandwich for dinner tonight. Okay, so. but but if you <laughs> if if you have never had this venison bologna, it's smoked venison bologna. It'll wow. rock rock your world. And like my wife does hmm. this, I'm gonna throw this out here because we might as well talk about it now. Food, I love food, and that's the <laughs> other half of this. Like I get to do a. I'm not a golfer. I'll be I'll be honest. I'm not a big golfer. I suck at it. Number one. I shank the ball. It's, I'm just horrible at it, right? We, we have no problem with that. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> but I, I can't eat a golf ball. I can eat venison. I can eat, yeah. like, I've never had better meat than this Russian crossbore. And the guy in Southern Ohio told me, he's like, listen, Josh, this will be the best bacon you've ever had. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, you, you know, sometimes people overinflate things. I made it, hands down, best meat I've ever probably had. It's wow. so, so good. Yeah. So I'll send you guys some ring bologna. Yeah, I was awesome. going to tell you, I was going to tell you, I forgot to tell you the story, but uh, we did this like wild feral pig hunt in michigan a long long time ago went to an outfitter we were testing some broadheads and stuff and and ron ron's 70 pound bow shot this pig with a mechanical broadhead i'm not gonna name names it's like not really a brand name though it's like a it's like a younger company but he shot this shot this pig and it was a a male whatever you call it and A boar or whatever. I do that all the time, by the way. I don't, I don't know because it's a pig. I don't, know what I don't to call. think I don't of know. it like a hog, so I get a little <laughs> yeah. confused. But he it. shoots it, and um, the bro- the arrow hit the shoulder that bl- blade you were talking about. And I'm not exaggerating. Like you hit it, and the arrow turned. The arrow actually slapped. It like yeah. went sideways and slapped yeah. the pig. Well, can I can I tell you two mm. things? Two real quick. Two things that just popped in my brain that are very important to understand. And that's this. I want to convey these to everybody. And that is when I was hunting the super boar, they told me, they're like, Josh, you realize, cause that was before they let me shoot it with the, with the Clovis. They're like, we've had a guy shoot a boar with a sh- shotgun slug in the shoulder and a slug bounced off. And I was like, well, wow. it seemed, it seemed ridiculous to me at the moment, but I'm like, wait yeah. a minute. A slug's pretty big surface area. So that makes sense. That it would maybe hit and bounce off, but our Clovis blew right through. And so, you know, I guess the biggest thing is uh, it's doing things that I think I designed into it, but I better than what I actually anticipated. It's performing unbelievably well for us. That's awesome. Well, if you can take down the big things, you can take down the small things. Yes, sir. And that's what's funny because I've had a lot of guys say, hey, you're killing all the stuff in Africa. And you look at African animals, they are super tough compared to some oh, of our yeah. stuff. And it's hard to get through these these shoulder blades and the bones are dense. And I mean, we're breaking bones coming out. I mean, I had a yeah. I, I had a, I have wow. a guy on I have a guy on staff. Uh, we call him Don the Butcher Eaton. He's a super good guy, but uh he is uh he's a through true and true like if, if there was a secondary fred bear i would say this guy is probably him i'm not kidding you he is just an ob- absolute phenomenal hunter but he also respects the sport and you can tell that and so he shot a doe a, a few months ago i believe in texas uh don't i may have misspoke there maybe another state but maybe texas i think and he hit the doe quartering away and it blew through all the way up through the torso and broke the front leg coming out wow. uh, and, it, and that's a lot of energy that's that quite a bit a of energy. energy you usually don't see that at all yes sir yeah. yeah 
Very cool, man. Awesome. Well, it's great having you on. I can't, you know, you, you are, in, in, and I love the fact that we have young companies still coming up in this industry. You guys are, you know, trying to change the game, trying to rewrite the story of the broadhead. And I think you're doing it. And I can't wait to see how this journey keeps going for you guys. We appreciate um, that. And yeah, I, I guess the biggest, the, the biggest thing is I always want to try to do it right for everybody. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't, we have had some setbacks along the way as far as, you know, maybe people not being so happy about the clothes as far as how well it's performing, or maybe some other companies may be poking us a little bit here and there because they're seeing the design. But at the end of the day, we're all, we're all bow hunters. We're all here for the same reason. And I can tell you the one thing I saw is watching a hunting video, probably, I don't know, eight years ago, I'm watching one of the shows and they're hunting whitetail somewhere. Don't, it doesn't matter what it is but the guy drew back full draw on a beautiful buck and the, the camera panned at the end of the arrow and i saw the bottom blade literally dangling before he released and my brain went oh like no because i know how that thing's going to perform is it, it's not going to fly at all it just doesn't work it's no doubt it's a horrible outcome you know so we're just trying to do the best we can um we're very proud of the clovis and you know my ears are always open so when people call me and ask me questions I'm open to talk to them and even show them and send them some free heads for testing sometimes. So we'll send out a ton of free heads to people because they'll say, hey, and the biggest question I get and I don't get it anymore was early on, people said, I wonder if this is going to actually open when it hits. And I'm going to go on, well, yeah, it's going to open. There's nothing holding it back. <laughs> and uh, and so now no one really asked that question. It used to, you know, you go through like like steps, you know, and right. like, oh, I wonder if it's going to open. Well, 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 they think it's glued, right? They're like, oh, it's glued. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah. Been, it's been phenomenal to be able to kind of like, I, I think enter the industry as someone new and, and understand that I am the new kid on the block and I respect that position. That's okay to me, but I'm always going to be open to learn. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, Josh Miller is open to learn. And when I go to Africa the next two weeks, I'm going to be learning a whole lot. And I, I look forward to that. That's, that's awesome. awesome, man. Thank well, you. thanks for being on the show. And, you know, obviously thanks for doing what you're doing. This is really important you when you talk about being an engineer and, you know, learning yourself and trying to go out and learn, you, you got to remember, a lot of the companies in the industry who have broadheads aren't doing what you're talking about. They're, they're conglomerates. They're, they're yes, tried, sir. they're done. They're not doing testing no more. It's over. I they are selling that, right? at a, at a level. It's so high. It's, it's all business now. It's right, not no right. more, you know, Hey, let's do this yeah. or that. It doesn't work that way anymore. Sure. At sure. that level, you know, so I, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're going this route with it and, and doing that because I think it holds true and it brings a lot more people, uh, that thought of like, okay, these guys are actually in this, you know, they're actually right, doing right. it daily. And like you said, the Africa thing's a big deal. That really is. I mean, that's not, yeah. that's no joke. Those animals are real tough and anybody's been there will tell you like, yeah, that's no joke. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I would encourage well, anybody, you know, hopefully you guys had a chance to look for our Facebook images and videos on we're doing stuff. I just want to be as dynamic as possible and, and ultimately real for people. And when, so when you see triple point or when you see me in Africa, we're going to be doing hunting. We're going to be doing the raw. And like I said today, when I did a live video, raw, probably mess up sometimes. And it's going to be real. Like you're going to see some real yeah. hunting. But I think that's I think that's what people want to see in today's world. I think in the archery industry, people want real now, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, man. Oh, we'll no, we'll man. link you guys we'll below. Appreciate, and, you right. on. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. It thank you so much. Hello, and thank you for watching this episode right here on Carbon TV of the Outdoor Podcast, presented by Sig Sauer, created by Bowhunter Planet. If you're interested in outdoor activities, this is the place to be right here on Carbon TV. We have a great conversation pieces coming up this season, and we hope that you guys uh, chime in with your comments and questions and ask if you want us to have certain people on the show. We'd love to see it from you guys. 
I just want to say thank you to all the supporters who reached out and wanted to support this show in 2023. We really look forward to a great season, uh, a new idea with Hunt Camp and Fish and adding in all these cool things for you guys to really explore the outdoors with us and have a lot of fun. And uh, we'll do it all right here on Carbon TV. So uh, thank you for chiming in and we'll see you guys soon, okay? Thanks for watching.